The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm absolutely delighted and honored to welcome to the show today Lynn Andrews, who would be considered to be one of the leading female shamans in the world today, and she has such a wonderful reputation, and Lynn and I are already having a great time off the air <laughs> before we begin the show, and so welcome to the show, Lynn. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, Peter, thank you so much. It's an incredible honor to be with you. And what we want to do today is really uh, set the, 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 the tone and the understanding for people of what is taking place in the world today and, and, and through your experience and your wisdom, bringing us forward, particularly working with the medicine wheel and how an understanding and working with that can help us on this journey, which as we both believe is really opening up into a wonderful future if only we can all just believe that so i'd love you to chat a little bit at the beginning about yourself and about your background so people have a bit of a sense of who who you are and then we'll talk about standing at the crossroads of power i am a woman who has become a shaman uh 30 some years ago in my work with native people uh, native women, I must say, all over the world. And <clears throat> when I say native, I'm not talking about traditional uh, native medicine. I was fortunate enough very early on uh, to come in contact with or actually receive a, an invitation from these extraordinary women who have memorized from daughter to mother, mother to daughter, down through the ages, and I mean ages of time, uh, back as far and before the Cathars, uh, they have memorized a cosmic wisdom or a universal consciousness, if I may. Uh, they come out of a native background, so a lot of the archetypes that we use, like drumming and shields and rattles and uh, certain kinds of ceremonies we do are very much our own, but they resemble uh, certainly native traditions, particularly when I was in Australia writing Crystal Woman. Um, I worked in the outback with Ginny V, who is an extraordinary woman of high degree. And um, I was in Beverly Hills to begin with. I, we were in the film business. I had a daughter beautiful daughter. I was incredibly young, I think, to be married. 
And I had always had these special abilities, Peter, where I could see lights around people. I I could see their illness uh, if they had one or their discomfort, let's say. And very early on, I decided that I needed to hide myself and not let people know who I was because I made um, a gesture Uh, When I was about six years old, I would ride to school on my horse. At that point in time, we were in eastern Washington state, and I would ride to school on my horse with my best friend, Beverly, who was a Native American, and we'd ride to school together and, and go to school. Well, she arrived one day to pick me up, and I could tell she had this incredible red almost blistering red aura around her. And I said, you know, I know you've had a terrible morning. And her father was very abusive alcoholic. And I said, I'm so sorry. You look like you've had an incredible morning. And she was horrified. And I said, but I can see the red around you. And she said, what red? I've had no problem at all. Everything is wonderful. Everything is fine. Or how you would say that as a six-year-old. And uh, from that point on, uh, I almost lost her as a friend because she, she was afraid of me. She didn't know how I could see it. She knew instinctually that it was true. So from that point on, I never said anything about this. Way, you know, through my teenage years, I never exposed who I was as a spiritual woman, and frankly, I didn't know why I had that ability, and it wasn't until my early 20s that uh, while in my marriage, I realized that I couldn't be somebody that I was not. Um, I had to face whatever destiny I had, and and I do really think it is a destiny, and so I went in search of a teacher, and I went all over the world, mostly male teachers, could not find the right person, all they were wonderful people. And finally, I uh, was sent an invitation, sort of, by uh, the Sisterhood of the Shields. I went into a, I'll tell you how it happened, because it was so extraordinary. I walked into a gallery opening of a Stieglitz exhibit. And Stieglitz did wonderful kind of uh, pale, Well, he was the husband of George O'Keefe, and he did these wonderful drawings and so forth of her and and other things. And I saw, as I was walking in with the head of this Psychological Institute of California, and I saw this painting, or this, actually it was a sepia print on the wall. And it was a beautiful Native American basket with... um, the legend underneath said McKinney, uh, 18-something or another, the marriage basket. And I was so taken by it, enthralled by it. And I put my hands, you know, on the frame of the picture. And I suddenly felt the north wind in my hair. And I, I realized for a moment I had slipped into an altered reality. And I was incredibly taken by this experience and I jumped back and I said to my friend I gotta buy this photograph or this this picture and he did see it 
I was very glad that he saw it, being the person that he is, because the next day when I told him that I'd gone back to the gallery to buy that picture, because he didn't want to wait for me that night, uh, that it was gone, and they said they'd never had any such thing, and I must be out of my mind. And um, (laughs) (laughs) I went on for, you know, uh, several months having a dream as I had that first night of the marriage basket, this magnificent basket being handed to me, preferred to me uh, by a very elder, really ancient Native American woman or Native woman. And uh, then crows started flying through this, my mind, and they were calling loudly and they'd wake me up every night. And the story, the book that I wrote called Medicine Woman is really not about me, but it's about the teacher and the mentors that I found as a result of this whole experience. It uh, drew me to northern Canada, and uh, I worked with them, became an apprentice, and then they asked me uh, to write about what I had learned and uh, take this great and incredible wisdom and knowledge to my people. And as a result of that, I began writing. And I had always loved to write, but I'd never written anything like beginning, middle, and end, like a book. (laughs) So the Sisterhood of the Shields, then, is this group of of women that Mm -hmm. have basically trained you over the years. Yes. I have worked with many other uh, people along the way, but they are the core of, of my teaching, and we work together. Of course, now I'm part of the sisterhood, and they're in different parts of the world. Um, they are in the Middle East. They are in South America, uh, in Europe, uh, in Asia. I wrote a book called Shikai, Woman of the Sacred Garden, which is a, one of my very favorite books, and that was in Japan. And uh, so I've written books all over the world, Nepal and Tibet. I wrote a book called Windhorse Woman. And, of course, this book that I've just come out with called Coming Full Circle, Ancient Wisdom for a Modern World, is something that I wrote with story uh, about some of the women that I hadn't written about before. Uh, But also, I have an article at the end end of each story to explain how do you use what is in this story in your uh, current practical life? How do you take that wisdom and use it? And um, I think it's a wonderful book. It covers a great area of wisdom. Can you explain to us uh, in the title, Sisterhood of the Shields, what what does the the word shields represent? The Sisterhood of the Shields. I'll tell you a very quick story. Um, The first time I ever knew about the Sisterhood of the Shields, I had been working with Agnes Whistling Elk and Ruby Plenty Chiefs, my other mentor, uh, for a few years. And they took me upriver in Canada to a... Well, we, we went through the fog, this incredible fog, you know, that fog that lays over the rivers. Absolutely, and, yes. And we were in a, in a canoe, and we were paddling upstream, and uh, 
they took me just as the sun went down and it became dark. We uh, beached the, the canoe. I didn't know where we were going. And all of a sudden I heard this drumming and chanting. And we walked up the beach and over a little rise. And there in front of me were 40 three shields, because mine wasn't there yet, on tripods, beautiful shields uh, from each of the women in the sisterhood. And it was, it was the beginning of my initiation into this circle. And shields represent who you are. In, in ancient times, when there were tribes and a tribal conference, you know, people got together for for celebration, they would have their shields outside of their lodge, and the shields would express who you are, who woke up your shields, what clan are you in, you might be, there might be an image of a wolf or a buffalo, etc., or an eagle, say, and all the way around the wheel in the four directions, you would have Uh, different designs, and of course, each shield was vastly different from the other. There would be hanging uh, feathers from the shields. Um, They were in beautiful colors. There was a fire in the center of this circle that illuminated with ghostly, beautiful shadows the faces of these exquisite elder women who Now, you won't believe this, Peter, I'm sure, but they have moved through the process of aging. And they they are elder, they look elder. However, they can shapeshift into a young person. They can shapeshift into their power animal, most of them. And uh, if they choose their death, like she who walks with the wind, uh, I wrote about her in Twin Dreamers. She chose her death. And... um, they kind of come back and forth. If uh, she who walks with the wind, say, was called back to this to this uh, level of reality, this relativity that we live in, um, time-space continuum, she could come back and be here. But she chooses not to, but she could. If and how you do that, I couldn't possibly explain. I've never <laughs> done that, and hopefully. I can do this aging thing that they talk about. <laughs> well, I'm working on that. I'm working on that too. So let's yeah. uh, well, let's take our first break now, Lynn, and we'll come back after the break. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. 
Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Hello and welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertung.com, where all of the information of the work we are doing, including all the radio shows archived, uh, our work with the Landscape Zodiac, which is our own sacred wheel. And also, if you're interested in joining in our weekly meditations, you can do so by clicking on the events page on the website, www.petertung.com. I'm delighted to have with me on the show today, Lynn Andrews. And just before the break, Lynn, you were talking about the sisterhood of the shields. And I'd, I'd love you to describe to us your own shield. Well, my, my own shield is a little more complicated um, because, uh, first of all, I'm not in a tribal situation. Um, I have a line through my shield in red, and the top part of the shield is trust, and the bottom part of the shield is faith. And uh, that might sound strange. It might sound religious to some people. But it has to do with the feeling of the universe, for instance, in the very beginning, which is in the center, as a circle in the center of my shield. And it has to do with my feeling of the universe. And it has to do with the feeling of the oneness with all of life and helping you get acquainted with the tools at your disposal. So I have little tiny symbols for those different tools, drums, rattles, a sacred pipe, a personal pipe, and uh, crystals and um, stars. I have a lot of stars on my shield because I visualize the universe as, of stars feeling the relatedness to all life uh, and to Mother Earth. And uh, I love the feeling of that and, and what that means. And then I move to the act of power. And the act of power is, I think, probably one of the most important ways to learn Particularly if you are alone, as a shaman, you um, you really uh, begin to build 
what Agnes calls the spirit lodge of your own being, what I call that. And you must look at the foundation of the spirit lodge. And the foundation has to do with your physical life, how you deal with your environment, how you earn money, how you live with dignity, care for your children, or the people that you're responsible for. So the foundation of the spirit lodge is the essence. Uh, It's a paradigm of your totality. And your own being must be very secure and very well grounded. So how do you get there to that place? I would say that it is very difficult, I think, to walk down this trail of healing the mind and the heart without someone who has gone down the trail before you. And I say that because I know how difficult it was for me until I found my teachers. And I have developed a school, a four-year, I've written a four-year curriculum for a shamanic magnificent school, a mystery school that encompasses uh, all of this, the acts of power, uh, the the mirror image, you create a mirror image of yourself by looking at all, (laughs) you'll laugh, but all of the frailties, Peter. And I'll tell you a little story. And I was in the outback with Ginny V studying with the um, Aborigine women in this extraordinary camp that is absolutely unknown in the middle of nowhere. And, I was walking one day in the outback with her, and I was shuffling along, and I was complaining about this, the state of the world and people and how can one person do anything, and we're all so flawed. And she stopped right there, and she reached into her dilly bag, and she pulled out a crystal, and she held that crystal up to the sunlight, and the sunlight threw beautiful prisms of color all around us, and she said, human beings are like crystals. It is the flaws within them and the crystals that create the beauty. <laughs> and I, you know, I thought about that for a long time and I realized she just stopped me in my tracks. I stopped complaining and shuffling <laughs> along. <laughs> and I thought, yes, it's true. We try to hide, as I was talking before, we hide who we are. We pretend to be something that we're not, which, of course, creates this hideous stress that so many people are under. They can't make the correct decisions about their uh, what they do in life because so many people, and I would say 90% of people in the world come out of abuse of one level or another. And when you've come out of abuse as a child, you are either a puella or a puer eternus. It's a Latin meaning um, that means that you never had a childhood. You were an adult as a child. You had to be careful because your parents might go into a rage or they were alcoholic or who knows. Or maybe they just weren't there for you at all. And uh, you grow up with this feeling, I think, in general, it's a feeling, um, if you can generalize about something like this, uh, they feel unworthy. They feel that they can't uh, be extraordinary. They certainly cannot follow their dream, if, in fact, they even have one. Usually, abused kids are living somebody else's dream. Don't you think, Peter? 
Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And and we want to come in to talk a bit about that in terms of the wheel and how it helps people to clear those energies. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best ways because people, okay, I came out of abuse. Somebody says, I don't know what to do about that. And they get angry, you know. Yes, I am abused. And I'll say, well, now just hang on a minute. Let's settle down and let's talk about what you have created in your life. And usually it's something that makes them unhappy. And there's a whole big reason for that. I'll tell you another very quick story. I was on the reserve not long ago, and I went to a friend of mine's trailer in the morning. We were all going to have breakfast, and I heard this terrible screaming, and I thought somebody was being killed, and I ran to the door and opened it, and her husband was beating her really half to death. There was blood everywhere, and I was horrified, and I jumped between them, and guess who yelled at me? Who do you think, Peter? She did. She did. And the, well, you know what she said? She said, how will I know that he loves me if he does not beat me? And it changed her life. It changed both their lives. They have become the extraordinary social workers on the reserve and have healed so many people. But the real teaching of that is that when you are abused as a child, it's all that you know of love. So when things get happy in your life, and this is a huge subject. I shouldn't have probably even brought it up. No, no, but, it's good. It's good you brought it up. Yeah, uh, And that it, it, when you get later in life and you start solving a lot of your problems, um, all of a sudden you start heating up. You're like an iceberg floating on the sea of enlightenment. You start to melt and get closer to oneness. And that is so uncomfortable, unfamiliar, it scares you, and you ruin your happiness by sabotaging it because it, it, it doesn't feel like love to you. Somehow it doesn't feel good. But if you realize what you're doing and you get a handle on this, <clears throat> excuse me, if you see that what you experienced in childhood is all you know of love, parents are supposed to love their kids. And you just think, well, this must be love. And you get a fix on that, and you learn about it through acts of power. Let's say that somebody listening here decides to enroll in my mystery school, which, by the way, is enrolling at this moment. It's, <laughs> but it is a fabulous gift. It is. absolutely. It's a school without walls. You can do it from anywhere in the world. And it helps you to provide a mirror that you create, not one that I create. You create a mirror for what you do. And as you look in that mirror at yourself and you have the courage to do that, uh, you suddenly go, oh, my God, you know, look what I'm doing to myself. Why? What am I doing? And you begin to make an act of power. That act of power is so important. And then you begin to make other acts of power as you grow and go along through the school. And at the end of this school, it is accredited. You can get a master's and a Ph.D. You have a ministerial license. Um, not, uh, <laughs> I say ministerial because it gives you a legal right to have a sanctuary, 
of any kind, <clears throat> shamanic or otherwise. So the teaching is extraordinary. It gives you a form with which you can go out into the world and lead your life as you wish. And then we always we have this kindred spirits that stay. The circle stays together very loosely. We meet once a year, and people come from all over the world for this meeting, and we recharge our spiritual batteries. We go to Santa Fe, and we have a wonderful time and a very spiritual time. But um, it, it is so hard. This human existence is a test of power. And when I say power, I mean power is testing you to see if you can follow your own dream, if you can get there. You know, we can learn all kinds of things in the world. But if you are seeing through the seven veils of ignorance, you don't know what you're doing. You can see something wonderful in Glastonbury and some, you can see the pyramids in Egypt and on and on. And it doesn't really touch you in the way that it should, and I don't like using the word should, but it is possible that you can tear away those veils of ignorance and become a, an extraordinary human being. So we'll take our second break there, Lynn. Thank you so much. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome 
Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. I just want to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors for this series of shows. Shari Chase of Chase International Real Estate Company in beautiful Lake Tahoe and Reno, Nevada. And also to thank the great people at Voice America, Brandy Jackson, my producer, and Matt, who is our regular engineer for our show on uh, Wednesdays, uh, for their great work in creating this opportunity for me to bring such wonderful guests to you, our listeners, to help you on your own awakening journey. And one of those great guests today is Lynn Andrews. And Lynn, it would be great if you could continue the story talking about the actual sacred wheel and the four directions and how people can work with it, as you've said in the last segment, to help them unravel their lives and become really connected to source, to nature, and to the wonder of it all. Well, you say it so well, Peter. And uh, the sacred wheel was one of the most wonderful, perfect teachings that was ever given to me. And the sacred wheel, you know, the Native Americans have a medicine wheel. And the medicine wheel is a little different with each nation. Uh, The sacred wheel that I use is a bit different, although it is a circle, that life is a circle. It is a never-ending circle. And that we sit at the center of this circle. Uh, So every person on the perimeter is equidistant from the center, which is the source of power. And then there is a directional cross uh, drawn in the middle of this circle. And the cross is indicative of the four directions. And there are many different wheels. I'll talk about the, uh, the simple one, which is four directions. And in the south is the physical, your manifestation of physical things, your health, uh, your um, whatever it is you do as um, in work, uh, in how you take care of your family, uh, your relationship to money, uh, abundance, say, abundance spiritually and physically. But abundance physically is located in the South. Then uh, if you are sitting in the – so in other words, if you're sitting in the center of the wheel, you look to the South – And you pray to the guardians of the South, who are very specific only to you, but also the mouse, who is the one who has his nose closest to the ground. And because he is small, and a lot of people are frightened of them, uh, they think that a mouse is not powerful. Well, let me tell you, a mouse is very powerful, particularly in these terms. Excuse me. So you look to the south and you think, okay, how, is my, how am I manifesting my ideas? How am I doing with that? Well, I, I wanted to paint all my life, but I'm not doing that. Um, I have a, a good job as an insurance man, but, you know, I really never wanted to do that. It, it has nothing to do with my dream, but does make me a good living. So you're supporting your family with that living, and you are running every morning, which means you're in good shape. 
and you're eating well, and your your physical environment, the structure of it, may be nice and strong and fine. Other people look at their manifestation, and they're not manifesting much of anything. They're without a job. They don't eat well. They don't exercise. And all of this, that comes up in the South. So as you look at these things, you begin to create a mirror, and you just, you just look at these things, and, and then you go on to the West. And the West is the direction of the sacred dream, death and rebirth, and transformation. It is also the place of your emotions. So when you are looking in that direction, you think about how do you feel about death? Oh, I'm scared to death of it. I don't want to even think about death. Death is for other people. Not going to happen to me. Okay. Then you look at your sacred dream. And you, say, and you say, I don't know what my dream is. And if I were working with you, I would say, are you um, happy with your position in life? Well, yes, except I don't like it. I'm always stressed at work. And, and you know the one cause of stress, uh, Peter, is always doing something that you don't want to do. Absolutely. Whatever, whatever that is. And that is on many different levels of consciousness. So then you look at transformation and you think, well, have I transformed since I was a kid? Oh, gee, I don't know. And you may never have even thought about that before. And so it's something you need to, to look at. And um, then you think about your emotions. And then somebody will say, oh, you know, I have no control over my emotions. I just, you know, people make me mad and angry and, and I just blow up and la-di-da. Or women will often say, you know, I give my power away to the man that I love and I just can't help it. And you talk about that and their sacred dream of what their relationship may be would be wonderful if they had that relationship. And then you look up to the north to spirit and spirit is in the north where your inspiration comes in from the divine whatever the divine is for you and are you in fact even open to inspiration uh, and that's a biggie Peter you know it's it's amazing how important that it is for people a lot of people just aren't open for it and spirituality, well, I used to go to church, but I don't believe in church anymore, and so I don't really do anything. And I'll say, well, well, do you meditate? Do you go into nature? Well, yeah, I love to hike. And I'll say, well, why don't you walk slower when you hike and take in the smell of the grasses and the sounds and walk very slowly so that you don't miss anything. Oh, no, it's an exercise for me, and I want to walk really fast. And I say, well, just give it a try. And I try to talk to them about spirit. What, you know, like I'll say, um, when the phone rings, do you know who's calling sometimes? Oh, yeah, I do. Isn't that amazing? What a coincidence. And I'll say, no, you really knew who was going to call. And that is the inspiration of spirit in a very small way. And so they think about that. 
And then we go to the East. And the East is mind. It's where mind lives. It's the place of the sacred clown. And the sacred clown is that, uh, could be a Kokopelli, could be uh, a Kushari in, in native traditions. It could be um, someone who tests you all the time to see if you are in fact true and real. And then there's the old wise man one in the East, and he or she can give you great advice if you talk to them. And a person may say, oh, you know, I am in my mind 24 hours a day. I'm on the computer, and my mind gets tired. And I'll say, well, how are you with your emotions, which is directly across the wheel? Well, I'm not very good with emotions. My girlfriend is always complaining about that. And we talk about that. So in other words, emotion is in the West. Mind is in the East. Most people on this planet talk about what I feel in the West, about what you think in the East. Man is usually in the East, woman in the West. And then the man says, well, this is what I think about what you feel. And they argue back and forth. Occasionally, they meet in the South, usually to make love or to go on a date or to do, if they're married, take out the garbage, do physical things. And what's left out of that circle is spirit, the inspiration that actually brought them together as a relationship, say, in the first place. So it is very important to move people north and south. The inspiration they get, work on your inspiration. If you have an inspiration for a book to write, get busy, take my writing course or somebody else's and start learning how to put thoughts together into a book into something that you might be proud of. Oh, I've always had the inspiration to paint. Well, start painting. You can use copy, copy paper from your uh, fax machine and use watercolor on it. Just start painting. And painting, paint just energy paintings about how you feel about things. Paint a picture of how you feel about your mother or your father. All kinds of stuff is involved in that. And then what you're doing is you're manifesting a painting in the South that you dreamed of in the North. And it is the movement between North and South, South and North. I think of a book. I have it clear, sort of, in my mind. And I go to the South and I begin to write. That's the movement of North to South. But then you start manifesting in the South, but you've got to go back to spirit to uh, bring in more inspiration, bring in more divinity, more, more of your relationship with the great spirit. When you go north to south, you are creating the process of enlightenment. That is how you learn on a deeply spiritual level. When you're moving 
west to east, what I feel about what you think, and all this stuff that we talk about. You sit in a restaurant. What are they talking about? What I think about what he feels. I think that country is really stupid. Well, I feel that you're stupid because you don't understand the president and you don't, you know, and they go back and forth and they leave out this vertical movement of inspiration. And it is the key, Peter. Well, thank you. That's a great, great explanation. And I really, really appreciate that. And we need to go now to our final break. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I have with me today Lynn Andrews, and Lynn, you have a lot going on in your world, I know, and you've got a big event coming up in Sedona shortly, so just uh, let our listeners know what you're up to and how they can connect with you and uh, your website and your books and all that sort of stuff. Well, I'm, I'm doing an event in, uh, well, I'm doing an event in San Francisco uh, at the end of April <clears throat> uh, at the uh, uh, expo there in San Mateo, right outside of San Francisco. And you can see all of this on my website, lynnandrews.com. And I'm also going to Taipei, China. Uh, my publishers are taking me over there to do events and book signings. And then in June is a, a big event I give. It's a huge celebration this year because 
It is the 25th year, and we have held this event in Joshua Tree and at Ghost Ranch in Santa Fe, and now the beginning of a whole new chapter of consciousness, as you were saying, in Sedona, Arizona, which is starting on the 11th of June. And I so invite you to come and would so love to have you. Uh, It is a time uh, right now of great awakening and great opportunity, so much more than opportunity. It's a cosmic gift of, of light and truth and beauty. The issue is that you have to let go of the things that hold you back any kind of doubt, any kind of baggage that is still dragging along behind you. You have to be willing to know, first of all, to heal whatever it is that you need to heal. We all need to heal. If it's not our body, it might be our thoughts. Uh, You have to absolutely be... uh, absolutely sure you have the acceptance of the fact that there is higher consciousness. There is so much more to learn. We use such a very small part of our brain and our body-mind, and the body-mind, of course, knows everything. And I really do believe that we have a regular brain that is conditioned and magnificent, very, very important Uh, in our life, but we also have a cosmic brain, and that universal brain we can make access to now. And in this next period of time that Peter's going to explain, and that I'll explain here briefly from my standpoint, I think that we have not had the special um, ability to create an intent for higher consciousness. We've been so busy just trying to survive. And uh, it is the truth. It is a very challenging time right now. Uh, 2012, the end of so many calendars, meant to me the end of the old consciousness, the true end of it, and the beginning of a new way of seeing with a capital S. You can see so much more than what we ordinarily have seen. You can see the truth of things. But to get there, you have, just must, do this healing, the shamanic process of uh, having the will, first of all, to learn, the wonderful, exquisite um, curiosity that is insatiable uh, in your life, you want to know what's new. You want to uncover the next stone, and absolutely nothing is going to get in your way. Uh, and then you have to accept what you find, and that consciousness always, as you start to let go of the things that have held you into a certain social acumen, begins to kind of mist away, and you begin to see the possibilities of what this life can truly be. I mean, when you realize that we live in a paradise, but a paradise is a state of mind. And you have to be able to reach that state of mind with uh, the ability of shaman consciousness. And I think that there is 
uh, an incredible, well, it is an opportunity that is here. It's upon you. And it is involved with humor. It's involved with humility. Um, and <laughs> I think that the question is no longer how do we get here and why, but where do we go and how. We are placed in the path of life to experience, to interact, occasionally challenged by its dangers, but paradise is not a place but a state of mind. We must heed the advice, stop and smell the roses for heaven's sakes, but it is possible to really become the exquisite God-goddess being that you were intended to be. And that's a very extreme word, God and goddess. But when you think about it, we are gods. Look at what a miracle we are. And if nothing else in this new period of uh, when we are widening our abilities to perceive, simply wake up in the morning and be grateful. Be so grateful for everything that you are. And for this magnificent opportunity to learn and to grow and to develop the very soul of your being. So, Lynn, I, I, I know you've got another engagement, so I'm going to let you go now with a couple of minutes to the end of the show. But I really want to thank you for your wisdom, your experience and your mm-hmm. ability to actually express that uh, out into our audience. And I really, really appreciate your time today. So thank you so very much. Oh, Peter, thank you, and um, blessings and namaste to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I just want to um, add to our listeners uh, my own interpretation of what is coming up very shortly, which is the Grand Cross, which many astrologers and psychics have talked about the significance of this. Um, And it is coming uh, April 21st to 23rd. But if you imagine this... uh, this medicine wheel that Lynn has been talking about and the four directions since December 21st, 2012, we've been actually directly aligned with the solstices and equinoxes with the galactic center, the galactic edge and the galactic poles. So the actual celestial realms are sitting directly over uh, our beautiful planet earth and the solstice and equinoxes. So there is this phenomenal opportunity coming up in April, April 21st to 23rd, where the energies are sitting at 13 degrees in the cardinal signs, so still in the sign of Aries at the equinox edge, and how we can take advantage of these very powerful energies, as Lynn said, opening up a portal of incredible light, of consciousness, of opportunity for us to make all the necessary changes that we need to make in our lives so that we can actually step into our own personal paradise and our own collective paradise. And it all begins with our own approach and attitude to life and, as Lynn said, in deep, deep gratitude. And so I hope you can see the connection between Lynn's sacred wheel and this grand cross that is very, very quickly coming upon us. I hope you've enjoyed today's show with Lynn Andrews, www.lynnandrews.com for all of her work. 
My guests next week are Nina Herlander and Horst Prelog, a father and daughter team who have begun a sacred site pilgrimage company. And we're going to be talking next week about going on pilgrimage, sacred sites, and the great significance that they have in our world today. I really hope you've enjoyed today's show. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tung for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.